Melbourne Magazine, June to August 2019. Your City of Melbourne Magazine. This audio magazine has been recorded by Vision Australia on behalf of the City of Melbourne in the interests of information accessibility. Your narrator is Jenny Seedsman. The recording lasts for approximately one hour and 35 minutes overall. Here's what's inside. Lord Mayor's message. Accessing Melbourne. Your say. Getting on with market renewal. Wise words from Silicon Valley. Connecting grassroots services. Well-being for seniors. Have your say on city transport. Grandparent inspires startup success. Special feature. Your guide to our draft annual plan and budget for 2019-20. This section includes $29 million investment in public open space and business, retail and events prosper. Kids dream big at art play. Street art stroll. Boyd in bloom. Events calendar. Love all at Royal Park. Warm winter workouts. Florence's first half marathon. Rooftop honey harvest. In brief. Your council. Council meetings. Pride and purpose. Contact. Closing announcement. On the cover, Angelo Indovino, part of the team behind Southbank's new communal garden. Lord Mayor's Message from Sally Cap. Winter has arrived in the city of Melbourne, and I'm looking forward to seeing the community come together at great events like our Firelight Festival in Docklands and Melbourne Fashion Week. I'm also excited to see Council's biggest ever $619 million draft budget roll out in 2019-20 to help make our city more livable and prosperous as it rapidly grows and to create the brightest future for all Melburnians. The draft annual plan and budget includes a record $453 million for programs and services and a fully funded $166 million capital works program, which will help us continue to create a city for people. We will spend $15 million on major projects, including getting on with the renewal of Queen Victoria Market, and $28.2 million in capital works projects dedicated to walking, cycling and public transport. Council will also make significant investments to build on the city's ongoing commitment to families, waste management, arts and culture, greening the city, supporting people who are experiencing homelessness and taking action on climate change. You can read more about the draft budget in the special feature included in the centre of this edition of Melbourne Magazine. In other news, I recently travelled to Indonesia and China to promote Melbourne businesses and foster economic, trade and smart city relationships. During June, we'll publish a reflection on this trip 
in the online version of Melbourne Magazine. That's magazine.melbourne.vic.gov.au. I'm also delighted to announce the return of the Lord Mayor's Commendations, which celebrate the long-term commitment of independent small business proprietors across our municipality. These will be announced on the 27th of June. We have also added new categories to the Melbourne Awards to better reflect the ways that programs and organisations contribute to Melbourne as a thriving, forward-thinking capital city. Registrations close soon and I look forward to honouring the winners at a ceremony later this year. Read on through this edition of Melbourne Magazine to meet some inspiring members of our community and find out more about our work to foster accessibility, well-being, creativity and sustainability across our municipality. People provide the pulse for our city, so please don't hibernate during the winter months. I encourage you all to wrap up warmly and get out to enjoy our great city this winter. And don't forget to share your adventures with hashtag MelbMoment. Signed, Sally Cap, Lord Mayor Sally Cap. The picture caption reads, Lord Mayor Sally Cap celebrates the return of the Lord Mayor's commendations with Andrew White from Café e Torta. The City of Melbourne respectfully acknowledges the traditional owners of the land, the Bunwurrung and Woiwurrung, Wurundjeri peoples of the Kulin Nation, and pays respect to their elders past and present. For the Kulin Nation, Melbourne has always been an important meeting place for events of social, educational, sporting and cultural significance. Today, we are proud to say that Melbourne is a significant gathering place for all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Accessing Melbourne People with accessibility needs can now more easily find practical support and information to help them explore and enjoy the City of Melbourne. Our new Accessing Melbourne web content brings together key information on accessible amenities and cultural venues, accessible transport and parking, mobility maps with street gradients and other services. It also includes information on our carers' support groups, the NDIS, how to get involved in council activities, checklists to help people make their businesses more accessible and more. Colleen Ferlinetto is Disability Accessibility Commissioner for Commercial Passenger Vehicles Victoria and Victorian Disability Advisory Council Chair. She welcomed our new web content as a valuable resource for residents and visitors. The project shows great leadership and the positive impacts will be welcomed by those of us needing access. Indeed, access to our human right to inclusion, Colleen said. Unless you have experienced barriers yourself, you may not fully appreciate them. No matter how subtle, a barrier is a barrier. We need to have these discussions openly as a community. One in five Victorians has a disability, and at least 80% of these disabilities are not visible to the eye. So access and inclusion initiatives involve far more than simply wider doorways and ramps. As Melbourne grows, 
we're working hard to design a city that caters to everyone's accessibility needs, embracing technology and creative thinking to enable more people to participate fully in the life of the city. My disability doesn't define me, but I acknowledge it's a part of my life. I have a life to live, as do all of us with disability, and we all have differing needs. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach, Colleen said. Planning for now and the future is essential. With the forward thinking at the City of Melbourne, we welcome and look forward to participating in and building on some of the great work that's already underway. Councillor Beverly Pinder, chair of the People City Portfolio and our Disability Advisory Committee, said the City of Melbourne aims to be the most accessible and inclusive city in the world. As a city of well-being, we're always working on initiatives to better support people with a disability to freely and genuinely determine their own direction in our city, Councillor Pinder said. An accessible and up-to-date website is a critical component of this work. I encourage residents, workers, visitors and tourists with accessibility needs to explore the information available on our new Accessing Melbourne web pages. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Accessing Melbourne. Your Say Letter of the Month We just had our final visit with a maternal and child health nurse, and I'd like to express my sincere thank you to the service for its wonderful care over the past four years. The nurses were an amazing and reassuring support during a very stressful time as a first-time parent. I feel particularly lucky to have had the same nurses caring for us through the past four years. It's wonderful to have that continuity. I feel lucky to live in the city of Melbourne. Vicky Share your thoughts with us at melbournemag at melbourne.vic.gov.au What will the new park on Market Street look like? See the concept design for the new open space on Market Street, featuring a garden, lawns, terrace, new separated bicycle lanes, and Central Plaza Connection. Construction is expected to start later this year and be completed in 2020. Go to melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash city projects. Tweets at City of Melbourne From Ozpost News An initiative led by Ozpost, Collingwood Football Club and City of Melbourne will see Melbourne's most vulnerable community members benefit from new personal mailboxes and storage facilities at the Salvation Army Melbourne Project 614. At Ozpost, Collingwood FC and City of Melbourne. From Victoria Walks. Great to see City of Melbourne considering 30 kilometres per hour speed limit for the CBD to improve safety for people walking or biking. From Sust Oz Fund. The Sustainable Australia Fund was originally established by the City of Melbourne in 2002. Since then, we've financed over $30 million in environmental upgrades for Victorian businesses, 
resulting in the abatement of over 300,000 tonnes of CO2 emissions. From Karen L. Hayes Many thanks for your wonderful support, Lord Mayor. We're very appreciative of your commitment to creating an accessible city for everyone to enjoy. Hashtag Guide Dogs Can Go Anywhere Instagram The print edition of Melbourne Magazine shows a selection of recent images. From Fenton.long, a group of seagulls taking off from the bank of the Yarra River against a blue sky. From Kaoyang, the Balti Bridge, lit up at night, the two tall pillars in the centre glowing blue. From Haley R. Stevens, colourful reflections on still water. From Luke's photography, Melbs, pillars lining a path through a park. From Wayne Svrakov, Flinders Street Station, lit up at night. From Sydney underscore voyeur, the geometric patterns of double AMI Park Stadium. From Mel Photography 22, the interior of St Paul's Cathedral. From Ray of Melbourne, a misty morning scene of one of the paths along the bank of the river. Lamps still glow and the trees have dropped their leaves. Share your Melbourne moments on Instagram with the hashtag MelbMoment. Connect with us, facebook.com forward slash City of Melbourne, twitter.com forward slash City of Melbourne, instagram.com forward slash City of Melbourne. Planning for 5G. We're creating an optimal environment for urban innovation by coordinating a series of test beds to explore emerging technology including next-generation mobile networks like 5G. With its increased data speed and security, 5G will help Melburnians harness emerging technologies in artificial intelligence, virtual reality, smart buildings, robotics and more. Go to melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash emerging tech. Getting on with market renewal. See Queen Victoria Market reinvigorated under a plan that minimises disruption, maximises trader and customer experience and preserves its heritage, in line with trader and community feedback. The new plan for market infrastructure is the latest step in the $250 million market renewal programme, which aims to deliver improved safety, more car parking centralised waste and recycling facilities, and new storage and amenities to help traders thrive. There will also be new pedestrianised spaces, more trees and seating, on-site restoration of the heritage sheds, and a new one-and-a-half-hectare public open space called Market Square. Market Square will be the largest public space in the central city, bigger than Federation Square, and be an additional drawcard for visitors. It will replace the existing asphalt car park once new customer parking is delivered at the neighbouring Munro site and future southern development site on Franklin Street. Lord Mayor Sally Cap said the 40-member People's Panel was instrumental in shaping the direction of the new plan, which is critical to address the market's challenges and deliver the renewal vision. 
We've worked with traders, shoppers, residents, the Victorian government, Heritage Victoria and the wider community to build a way forward that will allow us to create a thriving open-air market for generations to come, the Lord Mayor said. Through renewal, we are restoring the market you know and love, protecting its heritage and delivering modern facilities to make the market better for traders, customers and the community. Next time you visit the market, look out for a new pedestrian-friendly plaza in Queen Street, featuring citrus trees, umbrellas and lots of seating. A quintessentially Melbourne laneway shopping experience in Stringbean Alley with local artists and makers. The on-site restoration of the market's historic open-air sheds. Construction of the city's largest new community hub, featuring community facilities and 500 car parks for market customers, opposite the market at the Munro site. About the People's Panel The People's Panel was established to give traders, customers and the community a greater say on how best to deliver market infrastructure through the renewal programme. Visit us online to see our progress against the recommendations of the People's Panel report and regular updates on all our activities. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash QVM Renewal. Wise Words from Silicon Valley Melburnians gathered to taste the future of food, glimpse our future city in 3D, and health-check their digital lives at the 10th anniversary of Melbourne Knowledge Week in May. The festival's keynote speaker, Raina Kumra, is CEO of Juggernaut, which finds ways to address the unintended consequences of technology. At Melbourne Knowledge Week, Raina shared tips for how to lead a healthier digital life and simple questions people should ask before they launch a piece of technology into the world or bring it into their homes. Raina's passion for technology and storytelling began at an early age, during her childhood in Silicon Valley. There were computer parts lying about the house, and Dad would sometimes explain what each component did. When you're a kid with technology like that, in the garage, you can't help but be curious, Raina said. I remember getting one of the very first copies of Adobe Premiere, even before it was launched. It would take 30 minutes to do a single edit, but I was in awe. That's what led me to film school. Raina jokes that she resisted her parents' desire for her to be a filmmaker and a doctor, yet her career has been no less impressive. She even worked under the Obama administration to advance innovation and new media. During her journey, Raina has seen many big tech companies and their major funders fail to have foresight, take responsibility for problems they cause and solve them before they turn into freight trains. Despite this, Raina is optimistic about the future and believes creativity can be our superpower. The conversations I'm having today are very different from the ones I was having two years ago. Now companies understand the Spider-Man motto, with great power comes great responsibility. Makers of technology must be more empathetic and compassionate when building things, and not just focus on money or fame. 
Better decisions will flow from that, and technology will become more inclusive. I hope I've left Melbourne with the message that the tech industry needs new imagination, and there is no reason that it can't be built better in Melbourne or anywhere else in the world. Councillor Dr. Jackie Watts, chair of the Knowledge City portfolio, said Melbourne Knowledge Week was a great opportunity for the community to be inspired by big thinkers from Australia and around the world. Technology is evolving and accelerating at an astounding pace. And successive generations of startups and innovative entrepreneurs are drawn to the thriving knowledge sector in the city of Melbourne, Dr. Watts said. Working together, we facilitate collaborations and partnerships to create and commercialise the innovative ideas constantly emerging throughout the knowledge sector. Innovation and technological advances are set to continue apace. Hopefully, the prosperity we all seek. Will flow from this. However, when we factor a reflective, co-creative approach into the process, then the benefit to our community will multiply, and our lives will be enriched in ways we never imagined. Head to the Melbourne Knowledge Week website to watch a video of Rainer's speech. For more information, visit mkw.melbourne.vic.gov.au. The picture captions read: "Raina Kumra spoke at Melbourne Knowledge Week about how to lead a healthier digital life." Melburnians glimpsed the possibilities of our future lives at the festival. Connecting grassroots services. We are supporting grassroots charities in the homelessness sector to work together, and with us. To support our city's most vulnerable people, there are a range of groups that want to provide meals, clothing, bedding, haircuts, showers, laundry facilities, and other support to people experiencing homelessness in our municipality. We aim to harness this goodwill by working closely with these groups to collaboratively improve homelessness service coordination and to create new voluntary best practice guidelines. Through better coordination, we hope to achieve more even distribution of services across areas of need, promote city safety, and connect people to long-term support to help them find pathways out of homelessness. The Nuzia Kuskia Soup Van Operations Manager for the Saint Vincent de Paul Society welcomed the initiative. Working collaboratively with the City of Melbourne to address the needs of people experiencing homelessness and sleeping rough is a step in the right direction towards further addressing the needs of our community, Danusia said. The Vinnie soup vans have operated nightly since 1975, rain, hail, or shine. The vans are run by 1,400 volunteers, affectionately known as Vannies. Who serve more than two hundred thousand meals each year across Victoria? The soup vans provide face-to-face -face contact with anyone seeking our service, without judgment or referral, in the evening when people often feel most vulnerable. Danusia said, "Our volunteers engage with people through offering a simple meal, building social connections and relationships with people, so that they can support them on their journey with dignity and respect." Danusia's ultimate vision is to see the end of homelessness in our city.
Everyone has the basic human right to a safe place to call home, she said. I also hope that the community would embrace that homelessness is a social problem requiring everyone to be part of the solution, and for there to be a change in the attitude towards homelessness to reduce stigma. The St. Vincent de Paul Society offers a range of rewarding opportunities for volunteers. To find out more, visit the Vinnie's website or email soupfans at svdp-vic.org.au. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash homelessness. Wellbeing for Seniors Older Melburnians, you are invited to attend free workshops run by Seniors' Rights Victoria to help you enjoy life as you age. Protecting your rights raises awareness about elder abuse, risks, prevention and the support and assistance available. Planning ahead is a simple session about how to appoint an enduring power of attorney who, if need be, can make decisions on your behalf. Light refreshments will be provided at each workshop. The sessions will be held at Kathleen Syme Library and Community Centre on the 11th and the 13th of June, Library at the Dock on the 17th of July and South Yarra Senior Citizens Centre on the 9th of August. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash seniors. Have your say on city transport. Help us make it easier, safer and more enjoyable for people to move around Melbourne as our city grows. Share your feedback on our draft transport strategy by the 19th of June. By 2030, the number of people travelling to and within our city each day will grow from more than 900,000 today to more than 1.4 million. As a city of progress, we want to create a transport system that enhances city life for people and businesses. Councillor Nicholas Francis Gilly, MBE, Chair of the Transport Portfolio, said the draft transport strategy, 2030, will deliver a healthier, calmer and more spacious city for people to enjoy. I used to drive my car or ride my scooter into the city. Now I cycle most days. Just by doing that, and I don't go very fast, I can beat the traffic and the trams, Councillor Francis Gilly said. I'm fitter, too, without spending money on a gym membership. Our plan for the city prioritises walking, cycling and public transport, and all these things are actually good for us. Some people need to drive, but 43% of vehicles entering the central city are simply travelling through holding up hundreds of pedestrians waiting to cross the road. This is not delivering productivity. Melburnians are walking and catching public transport in the city more than ever before, and the proportion of private car use continues to decline. 89% of trips within the central city are made on foot, yet footpaths make up only 26% of street space. The draft strategy sets clear directions for Melbourne to 2030, so our transport infrastructure and street design keeps pace with changing travel behaviours. Moving around more on foot has also made me realise what gets in the way, 
like people parking their scooters on the pavement. For people with prams and wheelchairs, it's a huge impediment, Councillor Francis Gilly said. We want to create more space for people to walk, cycle and drink coffee with friends on the pavement, under more trees, in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. If we're not careful, we'll lose that quality. The draft transport strategy proposes that by 2030 we will repurpose the equivalent of 20 Burke Street Mall's worth of public road and on-street parking spaces to create more space for pedestrians, cyclists, greening, trading and other important uses. Reduce congestion for all users by encouraging through traffic to avoid the central city. Convert central city little streets into pedestrian priority shared zones. Create more than 50 kilometres of protected on-road bicycle lanes on key routes in the heart of the city. Work with the Victorian government to deliver world-class, welcoming and safe public spaces around central city stations. Provide 300 additional motorcycle parking spaces to declutter our footpaths. Maintain access for essential car trips especially for people with a disability, trade, service and emergency vehicles. Visit us online to provide feedback. For more information, visit participate.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash transport strategy. Your stories. We spoke to some everyday Melburnians, all of whom use more than one mode of transport about their transport experiences and ideas. Holly from Northcote rides her bike to uni and into the city. She has to be hyper-aware when she is riding on unprotected bike lanes to avoid car dooring and merging cars. She supports the City of Melbourne introducing more protected bike lanes to make Melbourne a safer city for bike riding. Tricia from Ringwood needs to drive into the city as she has a disability and sometimes uses the accessible trams. She supports the City of Melbourne reforming car parking to improve access for those who need it, and the Victorian Government providing more accessible tram stops. Victoria from North Melbourne walks to her work in Docklands. She avoids the main streets and intersections as she finds them overcrowded, and instead enjoys discovering the laneways. She supports the City of Melbourne transforming little streets for pedestrians to link the laneways. Matthew from Altona commutes to Parkville by train and bus. He finds public transport quicker than driving, but thinks it is frustrating when the trains are overcrowded. He would like to see a public transport system that is more frequent and more reliable. Lucy, from Kensington, rides her motorbike to work in East Melbourne and also catches the tram around the city. She would like to see more dedicated on-street motorbike parking as she finds these safer and less obstructive to pedestrians than parking on the footpath. Grandparent inspires startup success. Make your bright idea a reality by applying to our Small Business Grants program this winter. Adam Yunker, one of last year's recipients, turned to technology to help his grandpa live more safely after the older man had a fall while he wasn't wearing his personal alert pendant. We set out to build something new, 
something that didn't rely on my grandpa to change the way he lived, and that could even predict incidents before they occurred, Adam said. My grandpa was the first person to use our technology, and we all call him Umps, so that's where the name Umps Health comes from. Umps Health uses smart plugs that fit between any appliance and the wall socket. The plugs detect actions, including when you use the kettle, open the refrigerator, or turn your TV on and off. The system learns unique patterns of behaviour, and if something happens that is out of the ordinary, raises the alert with a family member or care provider so they can send support. We awarded UMPS Health a small business grant to help the team open a new experience centre in the central city, which showcases how the system predicts declines in health and well-being. The experience centre is a replica bedroom, lounge room and kitchen with UMPS Health's technology embedded, Adam said. As people walk through the centre and interact with it, the UMPS Health smart home detects this in real time and generates insights. We've had a lot of interest from the aged care sector and government, as well as older people and their families. It's really allowed us to showcase why UMPS Health is different from the traditional solutions. UMPS Health is available for purchase through the Federal Home Care Packages Program and NDIS, and Adam believes UMPS Health has the potential to support millions of people, and not just older Australians. We see the potential for UMPS Health to also support younger people with disabilities, people transitioning out of hospital or people managing chronic health conditions. To achieve our goals, we'll need to work closely with all levels of government, private health insurers, service providers and the end users of our technology. Councillor Susan Riley, Chair of the Small Business, Retail and Hospitality Portfolio, said that with nearly 14,000 people over 60 living in our city, it is crucial to provide specialised solutions to make life easier and safer. UMPS Health is a tremendous example of an innovation by a local start-up that has the potential to greatly improve the quality of life for older people and their families, Councillor Riley said. Our Small Business Grants Programme has been running since 1996, in this time, we've awarded more than $8.3 million in funding to almost 400 small businesses to help them prosper and go global. Apply now. Small business grant applications open on Monday the 5th of August and close on Monday the 9th of September. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash smallbusinessgrants. The picture captions read Councillor Riley with Adam Yunker and Patricia Sparrow, CEO of Aged and Community Services Australia, at the opening of the UMPS Health Experience Centre. UMPS Health helps people live more safely at home. Special feature Your guide to our draft annual plan and budget for 2019-20. Record budget builds on bright future for Melbourne. The City of Melbourne has announced its biggest ever budget of $619 million for 2019-20 to help make our city more livable and prosperous 
as it rapidly grows. The draft budget includes a record $453 million for programs and services, a fully funded $166 million capital works program, and an underlying surplus of $15.03 million. Among the major projects to be funded, the city will get on with the renewal of Queen Victoria Market, spending $15 million in 2019-20, including $6.5 million for the staged on-site restoration of the historic sheds. A further $4.5 million has been assigned to create a master plan for the restoration of Melbourne Town Hall. The draft budget also includes significant investments to build on the city's ongoing commitment to families, arts and culture, greening the city and supporting people experiencing homelessness. Here are ten highlights of the draft budget for 2019-20, which will help us continue to create a city for people. Community Facilities Families will see $9.3 million invested to complete the redevelopment of Lady Huntingfield Children's Centre and deliver more early education and childcare places to make sure kids get the best start in life. Council will also spend $1.8 million to progress the fit-out of the $70 million Munro development at Queen and Terry Streets. A further $1 million will go towards planning and design for the $40 million renewal of Kensington Community Recreation Centre and upgrade sporting pavilions, courts and equipment. Open Space Council will invest more than $29 million to create more places for people to exercise, play and relax in the city including two and a half hectares of open space on Southbank Boulevard and a new park on Market Street. Knowledge Council will invest $2.8 million for key knowledge sector events and services to bolster the growth and reputation of the jobs of the future. This includes support for Melbourne Knowledge Week and for the renewal of traditional and digital library collections across the City of Melbourne's six libraries. Urban Forest, Water and Climate Change Council will invest $19.1 million in capital works to respond to the impact of climate change, manage parklands and urban forests, and conserve and recycle water. This will include infrastructure upgrades across 480 hectares of parks and gardens, and funding to plant at least 3,400 trees, and care for the more than 80,000 trees the city manages. Safety. The City of Melbourne will upgrade, maintain and install priority city safety and security measures across the central city, with an investment of $29 million. This includes $26.6 million in Victorian Government grants to undertake the Victorian Government's $50 million Central City Security Upgrade Project and $2.6 million for key city safety infrastructure. Business The City of Melbourne will continue to bring the community together with an investment of $3.2 million in community events and festivals. A further $1 million will be spent on small business, retail and hospitality to provide grants, sponsorship 
nighttime activations and events that boost the economy. Transport. Melburnians will see $28.2 million spent on capital works projects dedicated to walking, cycling and public transport as part of our 10-year plan to move commuters and pedestrians safely and more efficiently through the city. This will include streetscape improvement works on the southern end of Elizabeth Street, where more than 9,300 pedestrians use footpaths during the morning peak. Homelessness Council will invest $1.9 million in homelessness services, including the Salvation Army's Nighttime Safe Place Café and the Melbourne City Mission's Youth Homelessness Services on King Street. The centre provides free all-day breakfast, shower facilities, toiletries, underwear and socks, and helps people access doctors, dentists, legal advice, computers, iPads and Centrelink support. Waste Council will continue its annual spend of $24 million on waste and recycling services and will spend $900,000 to deliver the first year of its waste and resource recovery strategy. Over the last financial year, the City of Melbourne collected 30,000 tonnes of residential waste and 11,000 tonnes of residential recycling, emptied 2,000 bins each day and swept 312 kilometres of roads each week. Major Events and Arts Ratepayers can expect $18.4 million invested in major events, including New Year's Eve, Moomer Festival, Christmas, Melbourne Fashion Week and Melbourne Music Week. A further $16.3 million will be allocated to the Recurrent Arts Melbourne program, which includes arts grants programs and programs for children and young people through Art Play and Signal. Public submissions on the draft Annual Plan and Budget 2019-20 will be considered at a special meeting of the Future Melbourne Committee on Thursday the 13th of June. To find out more and see how we're performing against the Council Plan 2017-21, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash budget. $29 million investment in public open space. Public open space projects will receive a $28.7 million boost over the coming year as part of the City of Melbourne's 2019-20 draft budget. The investment will focus on the creation and renewal of public open space to cater for Melbourne's growing population, including the densely populated suburbs of Southbank and Docklands. The Council's goal is to add more than 12 MCGs worth of public open space to the city over the next 15 years. Southbank Promenade will receive a $5.1 million investment to revitalise a 300-metre section of the shared walkway from Prince's Bridge in the east to Evan Walker Bridge in the west. This project will improve public open space on the Riverside Promenade with new paving, improved public lighting and enhanced growing conditions for the trees. Southbank Boulevard will also receive attention with $11.9 million to continue upgrade works from St Kilda Road to City Road.
The new South Bank Boulevard cycle path will be complete by late 2019 and will provide a new route for commuter cyclists to access the city. The full $47 million project, which will create 2.5 hectares of new public open space and neighbourhood parklands on South Bank Boulevard, is due for completion in 2020. This year, the City of Melbourne will also invest $3.4 million towards a joint $7.53 million project with CBUS to create a new 2,000-square-metre public open space for Market Street alongside the Collins Arch development. This will be the first park created in the central city since the city square was developed in the 1970s. The new park will provide open space in an area of Collins Street that is used by 40,000 pedestrians each day. The draft budget also revealed that Seafarer's Rest Park on the north bank of the Yarra in Docklands will receive a $1 million investment for renewal works, in partnership with the Victorian government and developer River Lee. As backyards in the inner city are shrinking and more people are living in apartment blocks, Council's plan to expand open space will ensure that residents and workers are able to enjoy more open spaces for recreation, public gatherings and relaxation. Residents continue to have the opportunity to provide feedback on the draft budget until the 7th of June at participate.melbourne.vic.gov.au. Business, retail and events prosper. The Firelight Festival will once again light up Docklands, thanks to a $700,000 investment by the City of Melbourne. This key event, which generated $5 million for the local economy last year, continues to invigorate Docklands in the cold winter months. As Melburnians know, Melbourne is Australia's events capital, with hundreds of events taking place across the city every year. These events, both big and small, add to the unique character of our city, offer enriching experiences and contribute significantly to our local economy. This is why the City of Melbourne has committed to investing in events around the city as part of Council's Draft Annual Plan and Budget 2019-20. Funding for other events, which have become significant to Melbourne's business community over the years, includes $2.5 million for the Council's Events Partnership Programme and Triennial Sponsorship Programme. These programmes have sponsored more than 500 events over 10 years. The draft budget also includes expenditure on Melbourne's small business, retail and hospitality sector, including $500,000 for the annual Small Business Grants Programme and $100,000 for the Business Events Sponsorship Programme. Small business makes up 80% of the municipality's businesses. Council will also fund $250,000 in marketing and promotion to support our much-loved independent retailers across the city. To keep up to date with the latest events or to find vibrant small businesses in your area, visit whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au. Your Council Melbourne City Councillors are pictured. Councillor Susan Riley. Councillor Kevin Louis, Councillor Beverly Pinder, 
Councillor Nicholas Francis Gilly, MBE, Lord Mayor Sally Cap, Councillor Nicholas Rees, Deputy Lord Mayor Aaron Wood, Councillor Rohan Leppert, Councillor Cathy Oak, Councillor Philip Lee Lou, Councillor Jackie Watts, OAM. Connect with us. Facebook forward slash City of Melbourne. Instagram at City of Melbourne. Twitter at City of Melbourne. Contact us. Visit us at melbourne.vic.gov.au or phone us on 0396589658. That concludes the special feature. Kids Dream Big at Art Play Design your own super suit, sculpt a dragon egg with slime, and solve a mystery at Art Play this winter, thanks to a packed school holiday program dreamed up by kids for kids. We worked with 40 children to brainstorm and collaborate on ideas for workshops, art experiences, and performances through our Young Idea Makers sessions. Then we matched ideas to artists who could bring them to life for other children to enjoy. Thomas, aged nine, is part of the creative team behind Lost, an interactive show developed from children's ideas. It premiered at Art Play in January with a sold-out season and will return during the school holidays as a part of the inaugural By Kids for Kids program. Lost involves travelling through a strange world where everyone has lost their names and the viewer has to travel around this world in order to find them, Thomas said. I hope that it will teach kids that it is a good thing to be creative and it is okay to be different. As a city of culture, we bring together children and artists at Art Play to co-create experiences that encourage self-expression and playful exchange. Furthermore, we position children as artists in their own right and look for opportunities for children to exercise their agency in the creative process. Book now for this winter's epic school holiday fun. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash artplay. The picture caption reads, Gali, Armania, Thomas, Alex and Shani the creative team behind Lost. Street Art Stroll Feast your eyes on Melbourne's most famous street art and discover some lesser-known gems guided by our brand-new street art map. This meandering self-guided stroll encompasses art, architecture, retail and hospitality with lots of photo opportunities along the way. The journey takes about two and a half hours, Head to our website to download the map or scan the QR code at one of our visitor hubs. While you're there, check out our other maps, including arcades and lanes, Aboriginal Melbourne and the Melbourne Music Walk. For more information, visit whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash walks. Boyd in Bloom Watch as the new communal garden and orchard next to Boyd Community Hub begin to bloom this winter, thanks to the green thumbs of Southbank Sustainability Group. Local residents told us they wanted a garden when we sought community feedback on plans for the new Boyd Park, 
and they helped inform the garden's design. Around 30 community members attended the first planting day in April to fill the newly installed wicking beds with winter veggies, herbs and a few flowers. In keeping with our goal to increase people's access to locally grown food and promote food security, all Southbank residents are welcome to harvest the garden's produce. Angelo Indovino, one of the passionate members of Southbank Sustainability Group, said the garden's success is due to many dedicated people quietly working to make things grow. The work in the garden is very much a labour of love. It is about the communal planning and planting of seasonal crops, watering, weeding, composting and so on, Angelo said. The orchard is still a work in progress and will have a variety of fruit trees. Beyond gardening, the Southbank Sustainability Group meets regularly to discuss all things sustainability and aims to bring positive change to the neighbourhood through a range of solutions. The group encourages all residents take both individual and communal action to reduce energy consumption, including reducing the use of plastic, using public transport, planting trees and more. We are currently active in the communal garden, reducing waste, composting and energy-saving initiatives in high-rise buildings, Angelo said. As a nation, we need to seriously reduce carbon emissions, minimise all types of pollution and stop the logging of our native forests. There is so much to do and we will expand our activities as we grow our membership. Councillor Cathy Oak, Chair of the Environment Portfolio, said the Boyd Communal Garden is a great example of how people power can create positive outcomes for sustainability at a local level. Communal gardens are a great way to build more robust food systems, boost urban biodiversity, cool our city, enrich communities and create more local sustainability advocates, Councillor Oak said. The City of Melbourne is proud to be part of an international movement of cities taking urgent action to reduce emissions and address the impacts of climate change, and we can all play a part in this goal. We've already made incredible achievements, including becoming the first Australian Capital City Council to be powered by 100% renewable energy. Going forward, we will continue taking bold action working in partnership with the state and federal governments to increase uptake in clean energy initiatives. Get involved. The South Bank Sustainability Group meets at Boyd at 10am on the first and third Saturday of the month to catch up on sustainability issues over coffee and then tend to the garden. All South Bank residents are welcome to join the group. It's free, and members can be involved as much or as little as they wish. No prior experience is required. While the garden and orchard are accessible to everyone, the organisers ask that people who want to help tend to the garden work in an organised fashion by joining the Southbank Sustainability Group. Search for Southbank Sustainability Group on Facebook to find out more, or email southbanksustainability at gmail.com. About Boyd Park. We've been working to transform the area adjacent to the popular Boyd Community Hub and Library into a green space perfect for recreation, markets and more. 
The new park will create a backyard for South Bank residents, one of Melbourne's most densely populated suburbs. A new half-basketball court is already open beside the orchard, and the remainder of the park will open during winter. The park will also include 64 new trees, including nine 10-metre palms, so borrow a book from the library and find a tranquil spot to sit and read. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash B-O-Y-D. Six top tips for city greening. You don't need a garden or a balcony to take action on climate change and contribute to sustainability and urban biodiversity in our city. Here are six tips for growing your own green roof, wall or facade at your home, workplace or community facility. 1. Plan with care. Seek expert advice to ensure your project is designed to bear weight, be waterproof and be environmentally sustainable. Where possible, use recycled and locally produced materials. Remember that the quality of your design, construction and maintenance will play a factor in the lifespan of your project. Some green roofs in Europe have been in place for more than 75 years. 2. Pick your plants. Research what types of plants or trees will be most suitable for your project and our future climate. We're doing the same across the city. 3. Be creative. Think outside the box. Even surfaces with steep slopes, limited access, tiles, deep shade or other challenging features may have the potential for greening. Speak to an expert to plan your project. 4. Be water-wise. Explore alternative sources of irrigation, such as harvested and recycled water. Irrigation is required for all green walls and recommended for most green facades and roofs, depending on your plant choice. 5. Save money. Consider ways that your green roof, wall or facade could work for you, such as shielding your property from the elements. You could look at including solar panels to make your design even more cost-effective and sustainable. 6. Get support. Costs will vary from project to project. You may wish to explore opportunities for support through channels like our Urban Forest Fund or the Sustainable Australia Fund. Thank you to the Growing Green Guide for helping us compile these tips. That's growinggreenguide.org. Stay tuned for news about exciting new green roofs opening around the city, which aim to inspire more similar projects and enable further research into biodiversity, water, climate and well-being. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash green city. The picture captions read, Angelo and his partner Amy belong to a number of sustainability advocacy groups and even launched a foundation in Colombia to educate children about the environment. Southbank locals enjoy the communal garden inauguration day in April. Green roofs, walls and facades are popping up around the city. Events calendar
a few of our favourite things. The 9th of June. Taste of Portugal. Savour a Portuguese custard tart. Purchase colourful ceramics. Dance the samba and make your own chorizo at Queen Victoria Market. This event, for all ages, unites Portuguese, Brazilian and East Timorese communities. Until the 9th of June. Melbourne International Jazz Festival. See more than 500 Australian, international and emerging jazz musicians at venues across the city. Until the 16th of June. Cloud Street. Witness Tim Winton's award-winning Australian saga on stage at Malthouse. See the show in one event, with lunch or dinner provided, or over two nights. The 16th to the 22nd of June. Refugee Week. Dine with extraordinary Melburnians who came to our country as refugees and are now forging their own micro-businesses. Find out more about the humans behind the headlines at the Multicultural Hub. The 19th to the 29th of June. Emerging Writers' Festival. Be inspired at this popular literary festival, which nurtures new and diverse writing talent. Take your pick from the packed programme, or grab a golden ticket to experience it all. The 20th to the 23rd of June. Melbourne Kitchen Project. Step inside the homes of diverse Melburnians and explore the connections between food, family, community and culture at Signal. This exhibition is by young artist Meg Rennie. The 20th to the 30th of June. Wonder Age. Dive into a mesmerising world of circus, featuring breathtaking physical feats, live music and humour at Meat Market. This world premiere collaboration from Circus Oz and Company 2 invites you to dream. The 22nd to the 23rd of June. Truffle Melbourne Festival. Sip on a truffle cocktail. Meet Melbourne's favourite truffle dogs, Spice and Arrow. See top chefs do their thing and kick back in the truffle bar at Queen Victoria Market. The 28th to the 30th of June. Firelight Festival. Celebrate the winter solstice at this fiery Docklands event, featuring live entertainment, flame jets, fire drums, fireworks, and plenty of warm winter food. Find the fun on New Quay Promenade, Harbour Esplanade, and Victoria Promenade from 5pm each day. The 30th of June, the 28th of July, and the 25th of August. Sunday Lounge Music Program. Enjoy live music curated by participants of our Emerging Producers Mentorship Program. Performances are held at Library at the Dock and Kathleen Syme Library and Community Centre from 3pm on the last Sunday of the month throughout most of the year. The 3rd of July to the 29th of September. Come from away. See the Australian premiere of this Tony Award-winning musical about how a tiny town in Newfoundland took care of more than 7,000 plane passengers stranded in the wake of the 11th of September 2001 at the Comedy Theatre. The 8th to the 12th of July. Bats of Leisure Workshop. 
make a quilted wall hanging in this free workshop for people aged 13 to 25 at Signal. Learn new skills, experiment with different techniques, and create something stylish to take home. The 11th to the 27th of July. Bring it on, the musical. See explosive choreography and aerial stunts in this high-energy hit show. Inspired by the hit film, this musical is sprinkled with sass and back by popular demand at the Athenaeum Theatre. The 12th to the 13th of July, Bastille Day French Festival. Kick up your heels to celebrate all things French at the Atrium and Deacon Edge at Federation Square. This authentic French winter market will feature live music and can-can dances. The 27th to the 28th of July. Open House, Melbourne. Explore our city as 200 buildings fling open their doors. See Meat Market's historic halls. Get creative at Signal. Tour our community hubs. Let the kids loose with 2,000 ping-pong balls at Art Play and much more. Tours are free. Some require bookings. The 4th of May to the 28th of July. Inside Out and Korea. Head to the Koori Heritage Trust to see distinctive collage, animation, fashion and live artworks by Narigo artist Peter Waples Crows and works of possum skin, weaving, sculpture and wood by Gundich Mara Kire Wurong artists and sisters Kelsey and Taryn Love. The 1st to the 18th of August, Melbourne International Film Festival. Immerse yourself in the stories of the world through a carefully curated program of stunning screen experiences. Running since 1952, this is one of the world's oldest film festivals. The 1st to the 31st of August, Craft Cubed Festival. Calling all makers, creatives and lovers of handmade goodies, this month-long celebration at Craft Victoria will be your kind of heaven. This year's theme is Crafting Culture. The 9th to the 17th of August, Indian Film Festival of Melbourne. Spot some of India's biggest stars, take a Bollywood dancing masterclass and choose from 50 films in 23 languages. From musical extravaganzas to documentaries, the programme presents a snapshot of modern India. The 16th and the 17th of August, Mould, a cheese festival. Come and taste the best cheese from all over Australia in one place. Your ticket includes all cheese tastings, and you can also choose from a series of masterclasses. The 22nd of August to the 3rd of November. Signal, Screen and Sound Commissions. See and hear the works of talented young and emerging screen and sound artists on the Signal screens and played loud along North Bank. The 22nd to the 24th of August. White Night Reimagined. See inner city parks and gardens transformed and iconic cultural institutions abuzz with special programming while enticing new food and music showcase Victoria's best local produce and talent. The 26th of August to the 7th of September, Mid-Autumn Moon Lantern Festival. Learn how to make a lantern or a mooncake 
and take part in a parade. This festival is a feast of culture, food, dance, and song in Chinatown, and students get free access to the Chinese Museum. Until the first of September, beneath, explore an underwater landscape crafted from recycled plastic, from Wednesday to Sunday at Art Play. Surprising creatures and sounds await on the ocean floor. This environmentally focused exhibition is for families. The twenty eighth of August to the fifth of September, Melbourne Fashion Week. See breathtaking ready-to-wear collections for spring and summer on the runway, and indulge your passion for fashion through a packed program of exhibitions and partner events, from film previews to workshops. Sport, the twenty-ninth of June to the fourteenth of July, Go Girls Skate Clinic. Head to Riverslide Skate Park these school holidays to try skateboarding for the first time. Or improve your skills in a safe and supportive environment. The sessions are led by experienced YMCA coaches, and there's a special Go Girls Skate Clinic from the second to the ninth of July. The twenty seventh to the twenty eighth of July, Friendship Dash and Run Melbourne. Take part in the free, untimed four kilometre Friendship Dash or walk on Saturday. Featuring free entertainment and giveaways, or join the Run Melbourne movement and head past some of Melbourne's most famous landmarks on Sunday. Expect cheer zones and epic vibes. Subscribe to our weekly What's On newsletter at whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au/forward/slash/subscribe. Plan ahead to arrive on time. Take a moment to consider how you will travel into the city in case construction works delay your journey. Visit whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au/plan-ahead. Find more great events like these at whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au. Love all at Royal Park. Book a court. And find a welcoming community amid the historic, leafy surrounds of the Royal Park Tennis Club this winter. Who knows? You might even find true love. Betty Wallers and Kevin Walsh had played tennis at neighbouring Parkville clubs for many years, but never met until the two clubs amalgamated in 1992. The group celebrated the merge with a progressive dinner held across the new Royal Park Tennis Club's three clubhouses. Betty and Kevin's eyes met over the entree, and the rest is history. The couple married on a Saturday afternoon in nineteen ninety-five, and so many of the wedding guests were from their tennis family that the club found it difficult to fill teams that day. Betty and Kevin joke that the secret to their happy marriage is not playing against each other too often. We're not the only couple to have met at the club. It was fabulously social. We had lots of functions and Christmas parties. They were great days, Betty said. Today, the facility has never been more beautiful, and never more accessible for people with prams and wheelchairs. It's such a welcoming place. Betty and Kevin's daughter Natalie grew up around the club and now works there herself. They are all keen to welcome new players of all ages, genders, and abilities, 
be they locals, international students, or tennis-loving tourists. Coming here is a very cheap way to keep fit and meet new people. We have a newly renovated clubhouse with a great deck and bar, and floodlights for night matches, Kevin said. If you're a beginner or haven't played tennis for a while, you can even book a couple of lessons with one of our coaches to brush up on your skills. Royal Park Tennis Club runs social afternoons on the last Sunday of the month, weekday drop-in sessions, Wednesday night social play, competitions for men, women, mixed teams and juniors, meet-up groups and more. Head to the club's website to find out more, royalparktennis.com.au. Move your own way. Discover more local clubs for tennis, lawn bowls, rowing and more in our active Melbourne directory. Go to melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash active Melbourne. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash active Melbourne. Warm winter workouts. Nurture your well-being in the warmth of our recreation centres this winter, where you can enjoy a wide range of facilities and programmes, from heated pools and kids' activities to group fitness classes and gymnasiums. There's something for all ages and fitness levels. Here are our trainers' six top tips to stay active during the cooler months. One, buddy up. Exercise with a friend or book some sessions with a personal trainer to stay motivated when it's cold outside. Two, splash around. Head to your local heated pool to swim, try water aerobics, or even just walk or run laps in the water. Then bliss out in the spa or sauna. 3. Swim safe. Enroll your child in vital swimming lessons during winter to make sure they are safe around water in summer. 4. Spin out. Love to cycle but want to avoid the cold and rain? Spin classes are a great way to improve your cycling fitness indoors. 5. Mix it up. Winter is a great time to experiment with your workout, so try out a new group fitness class like Adrenaline, Half Hour Power or The Pace. 6. Join a team. Almost every sport can be played indoors, so get a team together and check out your local stadiums at our Carlton and North Melbourne facilities. Did you know, we have recreation centres in Carlton, North Melbourne, Kensington and the Central City, and your membership gives you access to facilities at all these locations. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash recreation centres. Florence's First Half Marathon As a city of well-being, we're helping more people enjoy our city's great events and sporting activities by providing opportunities to people who might not otherwise be able to attend. Through our event partnership program, we support a range of health and well-being events, including the Disability Sport and Recreation Festival. Thanks to our partnerships, we also provide opportunities for various community groups to access other events we sponsor. 
Last year, we provided African-Australian community groups with the opportunity to be involved in Run Melbourne as part of our initiative to encourage fitness in multicultural communities. This enabled Florence Mauer to run her first half-marathon. At the start line, you realise we're all the same. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are from or what you do. Thousands of people are united by the love of one thing, running, Florence said. The buzz when you cross the finish line is just the icing on the cake. Florence encourages other community members to live healthy, active lives and says all you have to do to make the change is just start. When I started, I could hardly run a kilometre. Four months later, I had entered my first half-marathon. I train alone, but I have a community of people who encourage me with my training, which helps, Florence said. Being in the city of Melbourne, I love that all I need are my runners, and I can train, from the various run tracks to the running friendly pavements and parks. I have no excuse. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash EPP. Rooftop Honey Harvest Feel the buzz around Emporium Melbourne as 160,000 urban bees we sponsor enrich our ecosystem and make honey for us to donate to people experiencing food insecurity. Melbourne City Rooftop Honey has more than 130 hives across Greater Melbourne, with more than 30 in the central city. Each hive hosts up to 80,000 bees. We've supported the company's work since 2011 and currently sponsor two hives on the Emporium rooftop. Each year, we donate the first 20 kilograms of honey harvested to organisations listed in our community food guide. These organisations help vulnerable people access nutritious and locally produced food through breakfast programmes and other initiatives. Did you know, bees pollinate at least 65% of the fruit and vegetables we eat and so play a vital role in our ecosystem. Without bees and all their hard work, many crops would struggle and some would disappear. Vanessa Kwiatkowski, co-founder of Melbourne City Rooftop Honey, said the company aims to use otherwise unused space and educates the community about how important bees are to our food system. Cities can be a wonderful place for bees. They do really well and produce honey unique to the local flora, Vanessa said. Each location we keep hives has its own flavour. For example, the Southern Cross end of the city produces a stronger, bolder flavour, whereas the top end of the city has a light floral taste. We need to think of our city as a place not only to work, but a livable space, a place for humans and bees. If we can create a greener, more sustainable city, everyone benefits. As a city of well-being, we are committed to building a secure, sustainable and thriving food system and increasing access to nutritious, safe, fair and culturally appropriate food for all Melburnians. To view our community food guide, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash community food guide.
For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash food policy. In brief, annual arts grants. What would you create with a $20,000 grant? Whether you compose, sculpt, dance, write, perform, film or produce work, unlike anything else, apply for funding by the 24th of June to make your 2020 project happen. Go to melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash annual arts grants. Don't forget your bags. Queen Victoria Market is proudly plastic bag and straw free. Bring your own bag, grab a cardboard box from the picker box stations, or buy reusable bags and straws at the visitor hub or participating market stalls. Go to qvm.com.au forward slash sustainability. Report it online 24-7. From graffiti to abandoned vehicles, you can report issues online around the clock. Get in touch from your mobile device when it suits you. Head to our website to find out more. Go to melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash contact us. Hubs for hire. Need to hire a room? Are you interested in holding a meeting, running a workshop, class or family gathering? Discover what rooms are available to hire in our community hubs in and around the city. Go to melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash hub bookable spaces. Melbourne Awards. Are you part of a project that is helping make Melbourne great? Register for your chance to receive our city's highest accolade by the 7th of June. Go to melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Melbourne Awards. Your Council. The Right Honourable Lord Mayor Sally Cap, Portfolio Chair, Major Projects and Major Events. Phone 9658 9658. Email lordmayor at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Deputy Lord Mayor Aaron Wood, Portfolio Chair, Finance and Governance, Deputy Chair, Environment. Phone 9658 9658. Email awron.wood at melbourne.vic.gov.au Councillor Nicholas Francis Gilly, MBE Portfolio Chair, Transport and Aboriginal City Phone 9658-9038 Email nicolas.francesgilly at melbourne.vic.gov.au AU. Councillor Rohan Leppert, Portfolio Chair, Arts, Culture and Heritage, Deputy Chair, Transport and Planning. Phone 9658-9051. Email rohan.leppert at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Philip Lee Lu. Portfolio Chair, International Engagement. Deputy Chair, Arts, Culture and Heritage. Knowledge City. 
phone 9658-9630. Email philip.leliu at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Kevin Louis, Portfolio Chair, Prosperous City. Phone 9658-9170. Email kevin.louey at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Cathy Oak, Portfolio Chair, Environment. Deputy Chair, Aboriginal City, Finance and Governance. Phone 9658-9086. Email cathy.oke at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Nicholas Rees, Portfolio Chair, Planning. Deputy Chair, Major Projects. Phone 9658-9704. Email nicholas.reece at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Susan Riley, Portfolio Chair, Small Business, Retail and Hospitality. Deputy Chair, Prosperous City, Major Events. Phone 9658-9636. Email susan.riley at melbourne.vic.gov.au Councillor Beverly Pinder Portfolio Chair, People City Deputy Chair, International Engagement, Small Business, Retail and Hospitality Phone 9658-9056 Email bevelley.com P-I-N-D-E-R at melbourne.vic.gov.au Councillor Jackie Watts, OAM Portfolio Chair, Knowledge City Deputy Chair, People City Phone 9658-8580 Email j-a-c-k-i-e dot w-a-t-t-s at melbourne.vic.gov.au Postal address for all councillors, City of Melbourne, GPO Box 1603, Melbourne, Vic, 3001. Council Meetings June Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 4th of June, 5.30pm. Special Future Melbourne Committee, Thursday the 13th of June, 5.30pm. Future Melbourne Committee, Thursday the 20th of June, 5.30pm. Council, Tuesday the 25th of June, 5.30pm. July, Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 2nd of July, 5.30pm. Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 16th of July, 5.30pm. Council, Tuesday the 30th of July, 5.30pm. August, Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 6th of August, 5.30pm. Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 20th of August, 5.30pm. Council, Tuesday the 27th of August, 5.30pm. All committee meetings are held in Council Meeting Room, Level 2, Melbourne Town Hall, Swanston Street, Melbourne. 
all council meetings are held in Council Chamber, Public Gallery, Level 3, Melbourne Town Hall, Swanston Street, Melbourne. On occasion, council meetings are rescheduled or special meetings of the committees and council are called. For upcoming council and committee meeting dates and times, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au. Changes to the meeting schedule are published at melbourne.vic.gov.au and on the notice board at the front of the Melbourne Town Hall Administration Building. Pride and Purpose Melbourne Magazine celebrates our world-leading city, the energy and aspirations that make the city of Melbourne unique. You may have noticed that we express these aspirations using words like City of Well-Being and City of Culture. The six key strengths inspire us to work towards being an even more bold and sustainable city that supports everyone who lives, works, invests, learns and plays here. We invite you to share your stories about why you are proud of our city through social media, email or phone. Our contact details are following. City of Progress we are building a better city for now and the future. City of Sustainability. We champion action on climate change and waste. City of Enterprise. We support innovation and contribute to a thriving business culture. City of Wellbeing. We are creating a healthy and inclusive community for all. City of Culture. We celebrate diversity and creativity. City of Events. We host many world-class events and festivals. Contact City of Melbourne. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash contact us or phone on 03-9658-9658. National Relay Service. Teletypewriter, TTY, uses... Phone 133677, then ask for 03-9658-9658. Speak and Listen users, phone 1300-555-727, then ask for 03-9658-9658. In person, Melbourne Town Hall, Administration Building, 120 Swanston Street, Melbourne, Business hours, Monday to Friday. Postal address, City of Melbourne, GPO Box 1603, Melbourne, Victoria, 3000. Feedback. To provide feedback, contact the City of Melbourne or email melbournemag at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Online version. Read and subscribe to Melbourne Magazine online at magazine.melbourne.vic.gov.au Audio version To hear an audio version of Melbourne Magazine, visit the Melbourne Library Service on SoundCloud or contact Vision Australia by emailing printaccess at visionaustralia.org or phone 02 3524 Connect at Facebook dot com forward slash city of melbourne twitter dot com forward slash city of melbourne instagram dot com forward slash city of melbourne 
interpreter services. We cater for people of all backgrounds. Please call 03-9280-0726. Cantonese, 03-9280-0717. Indonesian, 03-9280-0719. Italian, 03-9280-0720. Mandarin, 03-9280-0721. Somali, 03-9280-0722. Spanish, 03-9280-0723. Vietnamese, 03-9280-0725. All other languages, including Arabic, Hindi and Korean, phone 03-9280-0726. Disclaimer. Information and events in this publication are current at the time of printing. Subsequent changes may occur. City of Melbourne does not guarantee that this publication is without flaw or wholly appropriate for your purposes. It and its employees expressly disclaim any liability for any loss or damage, whether direct or consequential, suffered by any person as the result of, or arising from, reliance on any information contained in the publication. Copyright. All applicable copyrights reserved for City of Melbourne, except for any uses permitted under the Copyright Act 1968, Commonwealth. No part of this publication may be reproduced in any manner or in any medium, whether electronic or otherwise, without the express permission of City of Melbourne. You have been listening to Melbourne Magazine, June to August 2019, your City of Melbourne magazine. This production has been made possible by the City of Melbourne in the interests of information accessibility. This audio version has been produced by Vision Australia, website www.visionaustralia.org. Care has been taken in the recording of this publication, but Vision Australia does not accept responsibility for the results of specific action taken on the basis of this recording, nor for any error or omission. This recording is copyright. No unauthorised copying, broadcasting, all public performance is permitted. Your narrator was Jenny Seedsman. This concludes the recording.